0: Be sure to follow Send Me To Sleep on your preferred podcast player, so you never miss an episode and a good night's rest. Good evening. Welcome to Send Me To Sleep, the world's sleepiest podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here to help calm your mind and send you into a peaceful night's sleep. Tonight, I'll be reading The Night Book from Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I hope these stoic wisdoms guide and relax you as much as they have me. So let your eyes fall heavy. And your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. The Ninth Book. One He that is unjust is also impious, for the nature of the universe. Having made all reasonable creatures one for another, to the end that they should do one another good, more or less according to the several persons and occasions, but in no wise hurt one another. It is manifest that he doth transgress against this her will, is guilty of impiety Towards the most ancient and venerable of deities. For the nature of the universe, in the nature the common parent of all, and therefore piously to be observed of all things that are, and that which now is, to whatsoever first was, and gave it its being, hath relation of blood and kindred. She is also called truth, and is the first cause of all truths. He therefore that willing and wittingly doth lie is impious in that he doth receive, and so commit injustice, but he that against his will, in that he disagreeth from the nature of the universe, and in that striving with the nature of the world, he doth in his particular violate the general order of the world, for he doth know better than strive and war against it, who contrary to his own nature, applyeth himself to that which is contrary to truth. For nature had before furnished him with instincts and opportunities sufficient for the attainment of it, which he, having hitherto neglected, is not now able to discern that which is false from that which is true. He also that pursues after pleasures, as that which is truly good, and flies from pains, as that which is truly evil is impious. For such a one must of necessity oftentimes accuse that common nature as disturbing many things both done to the evil and done to the good, not according to the deserts of either As unto the bad, oftentimes pleasures, and the causes of pleasures, so unto the good, pains, and the occasion of pains. Again, he that feareth pains and crosses in this world, feareth some of those things which some time or other must needs happen in the world and that we have already showed to be impious. And he that pursueth after pleasures will not spare to compass his desires to do that which is unjust, and that is manifestly impious. Now those things which unto nature are equally indifferent for she had not created both, both pain and pleasure, if both had not been unto her equally indifferent. They that will live according to nature must, in those things, as being of the same mind and disposition that she is, be as equally indifferent. Whosoever therefore in their either matter of pleasure and pain, death and life, honor and dishonor, which things nature in the administration of the world indifferently doth make use of, is not as indifferent, it is apparent that he is impious, when I say that common nature doth indifferently make use of them, my meaning is that they happen indifferently in the ordinary course of things, which by a necessary consequence, whether as principle or accessory, come to pass in the world according to that first and ancient deliberation of providence, by which she, from certain beginning, did resolve upon the creation of such a world, conceiving then in her womb, as it were, some certain rational generative seeds and faculties of things' future, where the subjects, changes, successions, both such and such and just so many. 2. It were indeed more happy and comfortable for a man to depart out of this world, having lived all his life long, clear from all falsehood, dissimulation, voluptuousness, and pride. But if this cannot be Yet it is some comfort for a man joyfully to depart as weary and out of love with those, rather than to desire to live, and to continue long in those wicked courses. Hath not yet experience taught thee to fly from the plague? For a far greater plague is the corruption of the mind, than any certain change and distemper of the common air can be. This is a plague of creatures, as they are living creatures, but that of men as they are men or reasonable. 3. Thou must not, in matter of death, carry thyself scornfully, but as one that is well pleased with it, as being one of those things that nature hath appointed. For what thou dost conceive of these, of a boy to become a young man, to wax old, to grow, to ripen, to get teeth, or a beard, or grey hairs to beget, to bear, or to be delivered, or what other action soever it be, that is natural unto man, according to the several seasons of his life. Such a thing is also to be dissolved. It is therefore the part of a wise man, in matter of death, Not in any wise to carry himself, either violently or proudly, but patiently to wait for it, as one of nature's operations. That with the same mind as now thou dost expect, when that which yet is but an embryo in thy wife's belly shall come forth. Thou mayest expect also when thy soul shall fall off from that outward coat or skin, wherein, as a child in the belly, it lieth involved and shut up. But thou desirest a more popular, and though not so direct and philosophical, yet a very powerful and penetrative recipe against the fear of death. Nothing can make they more willing to part with thy life than if thou shalt consider both what the subjects themselves are that thou shalt part with and what matter of disposition thou shalt no more have to do with. True it is, that offended with them thou must not be by no means, but take care of them, and meekly bear with them, however this thou mayest remember, that whensoever it happens that thou depart, it shall not be from men that held the same positions as thou dost, for that indeed, if it were so, is the only thing that might make thee adverse from death, and willing to continue here, if it were thy hap to live with men that had obtained the same belief that thou hast. But now, what a toil it is for thee to live with men of different opinions. Thou seest, so that thou hast rather occasion to say, Hasten, I thee pray, O death, lest I also in time forget myself. 4. He that sinneth, sinneth unto himself. He that is unjust, hurts himself, in that he makes himself worse than he was before. Not he only that committeth, But he also that omitteth something is oftentimes unjust. 5. If my present apprehension of the object be right, and my present action charitable, and this towards whatsoever doth proceed from God, be my present disposition, To be well pleased with it is sufficeth. 6. To wipe away fancy, to use deliberation to quench conceptuousness, to keep the mind free to herself. 7. Of all unreasonable creatures... There is but one unreasonable soul, and of all that are reasonable, but one reasonable soul, divided betwixt them all. As of all earthly things, there is but one earth, and but one light that we see by, and but one air that we breathe in, as many as either breathe or see. Now whatsoever partakes of some common thing naturally affects and inclines us unto that whereof it is part, being of one kind and nature with it. Whatsoever is earthly preface downwards to the common earth, whatsoever is liquid would flow together and whatsoever is airy would be together likewise, so that without some obstacle and some kind of violence they cannot well be kept asunder. Whatsoever is fiery doth not only by reason of elementary fire tend upwards, but here also is so ready to join, and to burn together, that whatsoever doth want sufficient moisture to make resistance, is easily set on fire. Whatsoever, therefore, is partaker of that reasonable, common nature, naturally doth as much and more long after his own kind. For by how much in its own nature it excels all other things, by so much more it is desirous to be joined and united unto that, which is of its own nature. As for unreasonable creatures then, they had not long been but presently begun among them swarms and flocks and broods of young ones and a kind of mutual love and affection for though but unreasonable yet a kind of soul these had and therefore was that natural desire of union more strong and intense in them as in creatures of a more excellent nature, than either in plants, or stones, or trees. But among reasonable creatures, begun commonwealths, friendships, families, public meetings, and even in their wars, conventions, and truces now among them that were yet of a more excellent nature, as the stars and planets began some mutual correspondency and unity. So proper it is to excellency in a high degree to affect unity, as that even in things so far distant, it could operate unto a mutual sympathy, But now behold, what is now come to pass. Those creatures that are reasonable are now the only creatures that have forgotten their natural affection and inclination of one towards another. Among them alone of all other things that are of one kind... There is not to be found a general disposition to flow together. But though they fly from nature, yet are they stopped in their course and apprehension. Do they what they can, nature doth prevail, and so shalt thou confess if thou dost observe it. For sooner mayst thou find a thing earthly, where no earthly thing is, than find a man that naturally can live by himself alone. 8. Man, God, the world, everyone in their kind, bear some fruits. All things have their proper time to bear though by custom the word itself is in a manner become proper unto the vine, and the like, yet it is so nevertheless as we have said. As for reason, that beareth both common fruit for the use of others, and peculiar which itself doth enjoy. Reason is of a diffusive nature, what itself it is in itself, it begets in others, and so doth multiply. 9. Either teach them better if it be in thy power, or if it be not, remember that for this use, to bear with them patiently, was mildness and goodness granted unto thee. The gods themselves are good unto such, yea, and in some things, as in matters of health, or wealth, or honour, are content often to further their endeavours, so good and gracious are they, and mightiest thou not be so too, or tell me, doth hinder thee. 10. Labour not as one to whom it is appointed to be wretched, nor as one that either would be pitied or admired, but let this be thine only care and desire, so always and in all things, to prosecute or to forbear as the law of charity or mutual society doth require. 11. This day I did come out of all my trouble. Nay, I have cast out all my trouble. It should rather be for that which troubled thee, whatsoever it was, was not without anywhere That thou wouldest come out of it, but within thine own opinions, from whence it must be cast out, before thou canst truly and constantly be at ease. 12. All those things, for matter of experience, are usual and ordinary. For their continuance, but for a day, and for their matter, most base and filthy. As they were in the days of those who have buried, so are they now also, and no otherwise. 13. The things themselves that affect us, they stand without doors. Neither knowing anything themselves, nor able to utter anything unto others concerning themselves. What then is it that passeth verdict on them? The understanding. 14. As virtue and wickedness consist not in passion, but in action, so neither doth the true good or evil of a reasonable, charitable man consists in passion, but in operation and action. 15. To the stone that is cast up, when it comes down, it is no hurt unto it, as neither benefit when it doth ascend. Sixteen. Sift their minds and understandings, and behold what men they be. Whom thou dost stand in fear of, what they shall judge of thee, what they themselves judge of themselves. Seventeen. All things that are in the world are always in the estate of alteration, Thou also art in a perpetual change, yea, and understand corruption too, in some part, and so is the world whole. 18. It is not thine, but another man's sin. Why should it trouble thee? Let him look to it, whose sin it is. 19. Of an operation and of a purpose there is an ending, or of an action and of a purpose we say commonly that it is an end, from opinion also there is an absolute cessation, which is as it were the death of it, in all this there is no hurt. Apply this now to a man's age, as first a child, then a youth, then a young man, then an old man. Every change from one age to another is a kind of death, and all this while here no matter of grief yet. Pass now unto that life first that which thou livest under thy grandfather, then under thy mother, then under thy father, and thus when through the whole course of thy life hitherto thou hast found and observed many alterations, many changes, many kinds of endings and cessations, but this question to thyself What matter of grief or sorrow dost thou find in any of these, or what doest thou suffer through any of these? If in none of these, then neither in the ending and consummation of thy whole life, which is also but a cessation and change. 20 as occasion shall require, either to thine own understanding, or to that of the universe, or to his, whom thou hast now to do with, let thy refuge be with all speed, to thine own, that is resolved upon nothing against justice, to that of the universe, that thou mayest remember, part of whom thou art, of his, that thou mayest consider whether it is the estate of ignorance or of knowledge, and then also must thou call to mind that he is thy kinsman. 21. As thou thyself, whoever thou art, were made for the perfection and consummation, being a member of it, of a common society, so must every action of thine tend to the perfection and consummation of a life that is truly sociable. What action soever of thine, therefore, that either immediately or as far off, hath not preference to the common good? that is an exorbitant and disorderly action. Yea, it is seditious, as one among the people who from such and such a consent and unity should factiously divide and separate himself. 22. Children's anger, mere babbles, wretched souls bearing up dead bodies, that they may not have their fall so soon, even as it is in that common dirge song. 23. Go to the quality of the cause from which the effect doth proceed. Behold it by itself, bare and naked, separated from all that is material then consider the utmost bounds of time that that cause, thus and thus qualified, can subsist and abide. 24. Infinite are the troubles and miseries that thou hast already been put to, by reason of this alone, because that for all happiness it did not suffice thee, or that thou didst not account it sufficient happiness, that thy understanding did operate according to its natural constitution. 25. When any shall either impeach thee with false accusations, or hatefully reproach thee, or shall use any such carriage towards thee, thee presently to their minds and understandings, and look in them, and behold what manner of men they be. Thou shalt see that there is no such occasion why it should trouble thee, what such as they are thinking of thee. Yet must thou love them still, for by nature they are thy friends, and the gods themselves in those things that they seek from them as matters of great moment, are well content, all manner of ways, as by dreams and oracles, to help them as well as others. 26. Up and down, from one age to another, go the ordinary things of the world, being still the same, and either of everything in particular before it come to pass, the mind of the universe doth consider with itself and deliberate, and if so, then submit for shame unto the determination of such an excellent understanding, or once for all it did resolve upon all things in general." and since that whatsoever happens, happens by a necessary consequence, and all things indivisibly in a manner and inseparably hold one of another. In sum, either there is a God, and then all is well, or if all things go by chance and fortune, yet mayest thou use thine own providence In those things that concern thee properly, and then art thou well. 27. Within a while the earth shall cover us all, and then she herself shall have her change, and then the course will be from one period of eternity unto another, and so a perpetual eternity. Now can any man that shall consider with himself in his mind the several rollings or successions of so many changes and alterations and the swiftness of all these rulings, can he otherwise but contemn in his heart and despise all worldly things? The cause of the universe is as it were a strong torrent, it carrieth all away. 28. And these, your professed politicians, the only true practical philosophers of the world, as they think of themselves, so full of affected gravity, or such professed lovers of virtue and honesty, What wretches be they in very deed! How vile and contemptible in themselves! O man, what to do doest thou keep? Do what thy nature doth now require. Resolve upon it, if thou mayest, and take no thought whether anybody shall know it or no. Yea, but sayest thou, I must not expect a Plato's commonwealth, if they profit though never so little, I must be content, and think much even of that little progress, Doth then any of them forsake their former false opinions, that I should think they profit, for without a change of opinions, alas, what is all the ostentation but were wretchedness of slavish minds that groan privately and yet would make a show of obedience to reason and truth. Go to now and tell me of Alexander Philippus and Demetrius Valerius, whether they understood what the common nature requireth and could rule themselves or know, they know best themselves. But if they kept to life and swaggered, I, God be thanketh, am not bound to imitate them. The effect of true philosophy is unaffected simplicity and modesty. Persuade me not to ostentation and flame-glory. 29 For some high place, as it were, to look down and to behold her flocks and their sacrifices without number, and all kinds of navigation, some in rough and stormy sea, and some in a calm, the general differences or different estates of things, some. That are now first upon being, the several and mutual relations of those things that are together, and some other things that are their last, their lives also who were long ago, and theirs who shall be hereafter, and the present estate and life of those many nations of barbarians that are now in the world thou must likewise consider it thy mind. And how many there be who never so much as heard of thy name, how many this will soon forget it, how many who will but even now did commend thee, within a very little perchance will speak ill of thee, so that neither fame nor honour nor anything else that this world doth offer, is worth the while. The sum then of all, whatsoever doth happen unto thee, whereof God is the cause, to accept it contentedly, whatsoever thou be, if both in thy resolution and in thy action thou have no further end, than to do good done to others, as being that which by thy natural constitution as a man thou art bound unto. Thirty. Many of those things that trouble and straineth thee, it is in thy power to cut off, as wholly depending from mere conceit and opinion and then thou shalt have room enough. 31. To comprehend the whole world together in thy mind, and the whole course of this present age, to represent it unto thyself, and to fix thy thoughts upon the sudden change of every particular object. How short the time is, from the generation of anything, unto the disillusion of the same. But how immense and infinite both that which was before the generation and that which after the generation of it shall be. All things that thou seest will soon be perished, and they that see this corruption will soon vanish away themselves, He that dieth on a hundred years old, and he that dieth young, shall come all to one. 32. What are their minds and understandings, and what's the thing that they apply themselves unto? What do they love, and what do they hate for? Fancy to thyself the estate of their souls openly to be seen. When they think they hurt them shrewdly, whom they speak ill of, and when they think they do them a very good turn, whom they commend and extol, oh, how full are they then of conceit and opinion. 33. Loss and corruption is in very deed nothing else but change and alteration, and that it is which the nature of the universe doth most delight in, by which and according to which whatsoever is done is well done. For that was the estate of worldly things from the beginning, and so shall it be, Or wouldst thou rather say that all things in the world have gone ill from the beginning for so many ages, and shall ever go ill? And then among so many deities could now divide power be found all this while? That could rectify the things of the world. Or is the world to incessant woes and miseries, forever condemned. 34. How base and putrid every common matter is. Water, dust, and from the mixture of these bones, and all that loathsome stuff that our bodies do consist of, so subject to be infected, and, corrupted. and again, those other things that are so much prized and admired as marble stones, what are they but as it were the kernels of the earth? Gold and silver, what are they but as the more gross facets of the earth? Thy most royal apparel for matter, It is but as it were the hair of a silly sheep, and for colour, the very blood of a shellfish. Of this nature are all other things. Thy life itself is some such thing too, a mere exhalation of blood, and it also apt to be changed into some other common thing. 35. Will this querulousness, this murmuring, this complaining and disassembling never be at an end? What then is it that troubleth thee? Doth any new thing happen unto thee? What dost thou so wonder at, at the cause or the matter Behold, either by itself, is either of that weight and moment indeed. And besides these, there is not anything but thy duty towards the gods also. It is time thou shouldst acquit thyself of it with more goodness and simplicity. 36. It is all one to see these things for a hundred of years together, or but for three years. 37. If he have sinned, his is the arm, not mine, but perchance he hath not. 38. Either all things by the providence of reason happen unto every particular as a part of one general body, and then it is against reason that a part should complain of anything that happens for the good of the whole, or if, according to Epicurus, atoms be the cause of all things and that life be nothing else but an accidentary confusion of things, and death nothing else, but a mere dispersion, and so of all other things. What dost thou trouble thyself for? 39. Sayest thou unto that rational part, Thou art dead, corruption hath taken hold on thee, Doth it then also void excrements? Doth it like either oxen or sheep, graze or feed, that it also should be mortal, as well as the body? 40. Either the gods can do nothing for us at all, or they can still and allay all the distractions and distempers of thy mind. If they can do nothing, why doest thou pray? If they can, why wouldest not thou rather pray, than they will grant unto thee, that thou mayest neither fear nor lust after any of those worldly things which cause these distractions and distempers of it? Why not rather, that thou mayest not at either their absence or presence be grieved and discontented, than either that thou mayest obtain them, or that thou mayest avoid them? For certainly this kind also, but thou wilt say perchance, In those things the gods have given me my liberty, and it is in mine own power to do what I will. But if thou mayest use this liberty rather to set thy mind at true liberty, than wilfully with baseness and servility of mind to effect those things, which either to compass or to avoid is not in thy power, wert thou not better? And as for the gods, who hath told thee that they may not help us up even in those things that they have put in our own power? Whether it be so or not, thou shalt soon perceive, if thou wilt but try thyself and pray. One prayeth that he may compass his desire to lie with such or such a one, pray that thou mayest not lust to lie with her. Another, how he might be rid of such a one, pray that thou mayest so patiently bear with him, as that thou have no such need to be rid of him. Another, that he may not lose his child, pray that thou mayest not fear to lose him. To this end and purpose, let all thy prayer be, and see what will be the event. 41. In my sickness, my discourses were not concerning the nature of my disease, neither was that, to them that came to visit me, the subject of my talk, But in the consideration and contemplation of that, which was of a special weight and moment, was all my time bestowed and spent, and among others in this very thing, how my mind, by a natural and unavoidable sympathy, partaking in some sort the present indisposition of my body, might nevertheless keep herself free from trouble and in present possession of her own proper happiness. Neither did I leave the ordering of my body to the physicians altogether to do with me what they would, as though I expected any great matter from them or as though I thought it a matter of such great consequence, by their means to recover my health. For my present estate, methought, liked me very well, and gave me good content. Whether therefore in sickness, if thou chance to sicken, or in what other kind of extremity soever, Endeavor thou also to be in thy mind so affected, as he doth report of himself, not to depart from thy philosophy for anything that can befall thee, nor to give ear to the discourses of silly people and mere naturalists. 42. It is common to all trades and professions to mind and intend that only, which now they are about, and the instrument whereby they work,